This is the EPLOG audio experience. This is the EPLOG audio experience. Hello beautiful people of the internet. Welcome to EPLOG Media. This is Rohan Thakkar. We are starting a new show where it's all about cars and bikes. Touring, racing, reaching places on wheels, sharing experiences and everything in between. This is a show for all you motorheads. This is Torque the Talk and who else can host it better than Warren Painter, the motorhead from Powerdrift, the brand that's known to personify cars and bikes on the internet. We are also joined by Glenn who is a specialist in cars at Powerdrift. Welcome guys on EPLOG. The show is yours. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people of the internet? Wow. Uh, maybe we've been surfing the wrong channels, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, for people who don't uh, know me or who don't know Power Drift, I am Varun Painter. I work as the motorcycle content lead for a YouTube channel called Power Drift. Uh, it is India's biggest auto show, close to nine lakh subscribers, about two uh, hundred million views. the numbers i'm not going to get into the numbers so that you'll have to head on to youtube and check it out uh, i've got my colleague friend buddy glen glen why don't you say something about yourself what's up ladies and gentlemen uh my name is glen i host car content or at powerdrift amongst doing other things as well and i believe today's topic is about talking about how to get into auto journalism which is what we're going to delve into Uh, lots to talk about. It's an exciting field, and I guess we can jump straight into it. So, so Glenn, how did you get into uh, this whole thing of uh, you know being close to cars and uh, learning more about cars and stuff like that? Yeah, um, automobiles in general has always been a passion. And um, uh, if I may backtrack just a little bit, so this is the number one question we get asked on Power Drift all the time, literally all the time. People just coming up saying. Hey, I want to become an auto journalist. How do I join Powerdrift, or how do I work with you guys, or how do I become one myself? Um, it's not easy. That's the short answer. To get to that place uh, is the long answer, which we're going to talk about in depth as well. We're going to talk about how Varun got into it, how I got into it. Uh, but for me, uh, and the most underlying uh, quality that you need to survive or thrive in auto journalism is you need to have a ridiculous passion. for cars and bikes you just yeah. have to that is uh, that is this is not a degree that you can earn yeah. uh, of course there are degrees that are offered but you don't necessarily need them yeah um this is a job where you might there are no standard vacation days yep. uh, there are no weekends there are no weekends yeah. uh, but you just have to have this ridiculous passion of making sure that the product that you're reviewing uh, is showcased in the right and the best possible light it basically is not a, it's it's not a 9 to 5 job it's not something uh that people get pissed off at on a, on a, on a monday saying that it's monday morning and you know i've got to go to work and stuff like that it's not something people rejoice on a friday mm-hmm. all right friday is over weekend just stuff like that yeah. for us i think it's uh, it's been so monday is monday uh, and it's like any other day and so is with sunday i think most of our times we are shooting on weekends and um, we are out of our house not really spending time at home and uh, yeah just to sorry just yeah. to inter- interject yeah. there for example uh, i was shooting in chennai for the last two days and yeah. i got home at about 3 o'clock in the morning and today it's 10:30 on a sunday morning or rather 9 o'clock we had to get ready 
yeah. start record, recording this podcast and this is just a snippet of of what life is like here so absolutely so glen what got you into automotive um as far as as far back as i could remember i can remember my earliest memories of actually my childhood was of uh, watching racing watching touring car racing formula car racing and i've always been very fascinated by automobiles in general bikes and cars equally actually um but you know in india it's never really put across as you know you could do this for a living and i come from we're just a very average middle class family uh, we never really owned a car till i was maybe about 18 years old i learned the first car i learned to drive on was a maruti omni uh, <laughs> i call it the shagin wagon um, <laughs> and um, it was you know just a very average life and uh, for the longest time it it never even dawned to me that automobiles could be something that i could do um and but i remember you know i used to always read like the sunday you know zigwheels used to have like the segment on like in times of india and i used to read those articles i used to tune in every sunday evening for these auto shows that used to play um over there and uh, i was very fascinated by it i was like wow this is amazing you know 30 minutes i would tune into that tv channel just to watch the auto show i would make like newspaper clippings and have like a scrapbook of like stickers and yeah, stuff yeah. like that yeah exactly uh but then for me um something very interesting happened uh pretty late in life uh there was uh, uh it's a long story but long story short i got an opportunity to experience uh, a week of what would be like to be a racer through this program called the Nissan GT Academy and uh i lived out my wet dream times 100 um it was the very first time i got to drive on on a race track i i drove the nissan gtr i got to drive a couple of race cars a formula ford a ktrm r500 i mean a bunch of ktrms and um, it was it was so surreal and at that moment um uh, karan chandak was a mentor and they were shooting a tv show as well and uh, he's like all right dude you're like in your, you're like I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am but I was at somewhere in my early 20s at the time and he's like you know realistically to to become a racer you need to start at the age of 3 or 4 but most likely not going to happen for you unless you make a shitload of money somewhere or marry a rich girl um but um he said you know you might want to consider getting into the media side of things and uh, he said you know you speak fairly well you have a decent knowledge uh but at that time it still didn't occur to me So what I used to go back and do, I used to write a lot on Team BHP uh, about you know my experiences with cars and stuff like that. And one thing led to another, which we'll get into in depth. But uh, fundamentally, for me, it's always been passion's always been there. What about you, Varun? Uh, so uh, my father used to own this uh, motorcycle. It was an Indian Suzuki. It was a blue color motorcycle, and nice. uh, I still remember I used to uh, hop onto the tank. My father used to take me for a spin, and and pretty much that's about that's when I started. getting uh, interested in motorcycles i was never a lot into cars mm-hmm. um our first family car was a maruti 800 that was a second hand car our second car was again a second hand car which was um, the zen and uh, we moved on to the ritz because i couldn't fit into the zen anymore <laughs> <laughs> so that was the only uh, probably the biggest reason why we moved on to the ritz but uh, when we talk about motorcycles i think indian suzuki that was the motorcycle that got most and after that uh, i think in, in in 2000 my father got the splendor which was a big motorcycle for that era yeah uh, mm-hmm. it was the motorcycle that was trending and uh, you know pretty much everyone in 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 uh, in the city of mumbai um, you know wanted a splendor they wanted to own a splendor that was the aura of the splendor 
and uh, yeah I, i started learning motorcycles uh, when i was 16 i got onto the blender first and um, yeah i mean you uh, you have this thing right uh, and back in the day um, i mean i'm not going to say my age but back in the day when uh, helmets were not compulsory you could ride a little freely it's not the safest thing to do but uh, still um, i i learned more safe period <laughs> yeah it is not safe period yeah and uh, and i'm sure people who are uh, uh in in their 30s or maybe late 20s they agree to the fact that back in the day helmets are not that safe and they there's a good chance that they they've learned motorcycling without without wearing a helmet because the thing with uh, helmets was that uh, helmets were first expensive really expensive people did not understand the importance and there were uh, um small motorcycles but the plenty so just psychologically uh people when uh, they get onto a small motorcycle they believe that, that, that nothing's going to happen that's not the case but yeah i did the same and uh, do, you, do you recall any experiences uh, of getting caught cases of maybe getting caught or riding motorcycle yeah or, so uh, so uh, the first motorcycle that i rode was a splendor yeah. and then uh, college happened and um, a close friend of mine he got the charisma Oh, and charisma, nice, charisma yeah. back then was like yeah. the the super was, sport of the. It was a higher boosa, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was a higher boosa, absolutely. It had and similar yeah. graphics as well. Absolutely, so. absolutely, and uh, it was also the charisma that I met with my first accident on. So I was at this signal, and I I see two cops standing there, and um, and I try to avoid them, and there's water, uh, and there's water near the signal. Just go full gas because I think it to be a splendor, mm. but it just throws up a different power. The your wheel spins out and I crash, and I get caught, and that's a different story. But uh, yeah, first it was the splendor. I got on to the charisma, my friend's charisma, and then I actually got the charisma. Nice. So the charisma. <laughs> no, man, it's not like that. I mean, I was a very persistent kid, and I kept pushing my father. I I need this. I need this. I need this. And and that's pretty much uh, been the story of my life. I kept pushing my father. I need this motorcycle. My and first motorcycle, rather not a, it was a two wheeler actually. Yeah. Was and I'm not even kidding. This is true. Yeah. I used to have a TVS XL Super Fifty. No, the one that you could cycle. Uh, no, not not the cycle. Uh, wasn't that backwards. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was an XL Super. Um, we had like a small business that we were running, which which didn't work out. So <laughs> it was used to like carry cartons and stuff. Wow. When I turned sixteen, you get that learner's license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, that was that was a symbolism of freedom for me. Yeah. And you, you know, you had to you had to mix oil and fuel with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you fill it up, yeah, absolutely. And it would go like sixty kilometers an hour. Yeah. And I used that for three years, bro. Till wow. I was nineteen, I would ride on a TVS XL fifty. I still remember I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh, and now I have so much more respect for. Her. I'm married. Sorry, I love my wife. But uh, now I have so much respect for because I'm like, shit. She rode with me on that bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way. Yeah. But yeah, the TVS XL50. But back Dude, then, back then cycle? bikes were cool. We were cool. Splendor, we yeah. CD CD My brother 100. had a sh- had a Shogun. Oh wow! And that thing was fast, two stroke. Yeah, it was yeah. a four speed back then. Yeah. He had the Shaolin, the the five yeah. speed. It had had a Fiero, yeah. and I I still maintain till date. Have you ridden a Fiero? No, not it's yet. one of the most smoothest engines, dude. And yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah. So yeah, bikes then were cool. I mean, bikes now are obviously That's also really cool. But yeah. bikes now are cooler. Yeah. But even if it was a Splendor or even a CD hundred back then. They were amazing. Like people yeah. used to love getting just on the pillion seat or maybe ride it. Absolutely. So it was fun back then. And then I got the charisma, and then from the charisma, I moved on to the CBR. And for me, the biggest reason for moving on to the CBR was because um, back in the day there were two options. You either, if you wanted to upgrade to a big motorcycle, there was the Ninja, which was a very pricey affair, and then there was the CBR. CBR at ABS looked damn good. It was coming from Honda, so that the service. 
uh, was going to be good. And uh, obviously, you had a smooth engine. The Philip was coming from Honda, Japanese engine. I moved on to the CBR, and finally, uh, three years ago, I, I sold off my CBR, got the Z800. And uh, I know my father still hates me for it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was. So you have this thing called a checklist, yeah. And uh, for me, I I kept pestering my father to an extent that this is the only thing I want. I don't care if I drive a Nano. I don't care if I wear the same same underwear for three years. But it's go- it has to be an inline four in the house. There has to be one. And uh, why? Huh? Why? Because like you know, uh, inline four in the house is like you need a Ganesh Murti in the house or yeah. a cross in the house. But why an inline four in the inline house? Inline four. Okay. So uh, when internet happened, when YouTube happened, obviously all of us sat down, watched a lot of videos, and I used to watch this one video on loop. Uh, it was um, it was a Hayabusa overtaking the R1. Um, and 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 so so I'll, I'll tell you. Just sorry to interject. Do you remember there was in YouTube there was this crazy viral video of that guy called the Night Rider. Um, or or the Ghost Rider, Go, Ghost, the Black Ghost Rider, the Black who who do like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. St- some crazy run in Europe in like yeah, some twelve yeah, minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that was crazy back then. So yeah. so this particular video uh, shows the R one at two ninety nine, and and and, and it goes yeah. and it goes uh, the R one's at two ninety nine, and then there's a pause and then he goes like, and the Buza flies past, and the Buza goes at about the, I'm getting goosebumps right now, but the Buza goes at about three twenty three twenty five, and that was the motorcycle. Uh, that was the video. on spamming and kept on seeing and and back then there was no concept of inlines there was no concept of twins and and uh, inline threes i mean no concept of twins and uh, no no concept of highly compressed uh, singles so inlines were what we grew up with um, the japanese were there uh, since the very beginning and uh, that is how i got hooked on to um, inline four motorcycle when i was about to get the z800 um i was very very confused with the street triple a uh, couple of reasons i did not go with the street triple first the debacle that happened with triumph they had underpowered their engines that whole scenario uh and second it was for me um um i i think it's not it's not just me it's for everyone looks do matter at some point of time and i did not find the street triple that appealing back then the street triple rs for now is 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 an absolutely yeah it's a special looking motorcycle but uh, the z look Fantastic! It was an inline four. It was coming from Kawasaki, and I do not regret that buying choice. It was amazing, and that is how Why I. Why didn't you tell the audience what you what you've named your motorcycle? So, the Z800 is named Toothless. Toothless. Like Toothless. In fact, when I meet people, uh, and um, so <laughs> when I meet people, they actually um, know the Z800 as Toothless. They're like, that's not a Z800. That's Toothless. So that's that's special, yeah. I do not regret it. Twenty-one thousand kilometers, three and a half years done. Been an absolute delight. If you're listening and wondering, you know where the hell are these guys going? As you can possibly tell, that we love talking about cars and bikes. But to get back to our original question, which yep. is how to get into automotive journalism, um, there is a lot to talk about here. So, which is what we're going to focus on now. Yep. Uh, so let's just quickly recap our stories of how automotive journalism ha- happened for us. Why didn't yep. you go about it? So. Um, I was working as a copywriter at uh, a digital agency in Mumbai, and uh, I was always a big fan fan of Power Drift. Uh, but Power Drift back then was Power to the Rider, and uh, there was this one video uh, which I kept watching on loop. That was the CBR 250 versus the Ninja 250R video, and uh, that was also um, the one of the reasons why I kept watching it was because 
I wanted to buy the Seaware, and that was a difficult choice. I mean, I needed to know something, and Power Drift was was one of the few channels that popped up on YouTube back then. So I I saw the video, I saw Power Drift, and I was really intrigued by it, and I kept spamming their videos. I kept watching the entire playlist of videos that they had back then. Uh, there was a point in time when I realized, oh man, this this thing with the digital agency is not working out. I need to move on. I need to do something, and I thought I'll give it a try. And uh, my wife was my a girlfriend back then I, i told her this is what i want to do i'll i'll give it one shot i'll just send one resume to power drift if it doesn't work out we'll go abroad we'll do something in dubai or maybe australia new zealand somewhere we'll go but i'll just give one shot just let me give one shot so i made this crazy resume um i'm not going to show it to the world but i made this crazy resume paid 1800 to an art guy he got like a caricature done and stuff like that so like a really nice resume I sent it to careers at powerdrift.com, and Satyan, who's our brand manager, by the way, um, he replied saying that whatever. I mean, you know, we are looking, and I applied for the post of a social media guy, and uh, Satyan replied saying that you we have an opening, and uh, why don't you give an interview? And uh, back then we were in some partnership with Carwale, so I had to go to Washi and uh, to the Carwale office. Basically, I gave an interview. Um, They liked me, and uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. I was in. But uh, when we talk about journalism, um, I am from the field of advertising and media and journalism. But I think uh, even Glenn will agree to that fact that we are not journalists. We are enthusiasts because first, we have not really yeah. first absolutely because uh, we have not really learnt learnt as such. We have not gone by the book. Book. We have seen videos. We have uh, dug deep. We have. Seen how things function, and basically it's self-learning. We have not really sure. been taught by someone. So the automotive journalism field, you primarily need to be an enthusiast. This is not like Absolutely. business journalism or or something like that, where uh, you know you have to have intricate financial knowledge, knowledge of like yeah. the financial markets working or something yeah. like. But this is a place of of pure enthusiasm, enthusiasm, and that's fundamental. If you don't have that, you're never going to survive in a field like this. Right. Um, uh, quickly for me, how how it happened with Power Drift. Uh, was uh, so I I did the the the, the stint at the GD Academy came back in life very depressing like shit this is all I want to do in life but I was very clear at that time that if I were to get into this field I would definitely want to work with Power Drift because mm. as always and for a lot of you guys if you're watching and you're fans of Power Drift or you're part of the PD Army keep saying like how do I get in uh, is there any other way to get in this is and I swear and everybody in Power Drift will vouch for this everybody mm. who's in the company right now ex- with the exception of the founders. Everybody has gotten through this route only, which is careers at partdrift dot com. Absolutely, there, there is no other way, guys. There's no other magic formula. Yeah. Everybody, including myself and Varun as well, this is how we got in, and this is how it happened for me. So I came back. Um, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, this is what I wanted my life to be like. Um, so I started working on my skills. I realized that there was still a lot of things that I needed to work on. Uh, my presentation skills, my writing skills. If you want to. Be a good presenter. You need to first be a good writer. Yeah, that's fundamentally sort important. Sort your content out. Sort your content out. How you want to position it. So I started doing a lot of writing work first for different media publications, blogs, for different brands, um, and then uh, through the academy thing, a, a TV show came out. So I had like some videos as well to show for and some other video work I'd done before. So I I put it in this nice little email, 
uh, along with my resume but i think it was very irrelevant at the time yeah. and i was working in amazon uh, in financial risk at the time <laughs> and i sent it to again to cardrift yeah. and I, and i was very clear about what i wanted to do uh, so a lot of you guys again and i'm just being uh, very honest a lot of guys who write into us saying that you just want a job that's fine yeah, yeah i mean but tell us what you want to do exactly. and show us that you're you're really good at what you do so i get uh, the uh, got a lot i get a lot uh, a lot of the emails saying that i just want to work at powerdrift yeah. i'll agree to that fact that you want to work at powerdrift but you need to figure out your life in yeah. terms of what is it that you exactly want to do is yeah. it editing yeah. do you want to be an anchor do you want to be a content guy yeah. do you want to be a social guy yeah. do you want to be an online guy yeah. and keep in mind guys barter is a very small company <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah a lot yeah. of us do multiple things even varun included uh hosting or reviewing is just a very small part of our job we do other things as well yeah. and it's a very tight run operation so there isn't a lot of space as well but which means that if if you're great at what you do there will always be a place there's there's no question about that absolutely but um yeah so that's that's what i did so i spent some i spent a lot of time and i still do it's still a learning process even being at partner uh, every day is a learning experience because uh, we'll get into that a little bit later but there is always still room to constantly improve and so i have seen that powerdrift is very different from other media publications like they make it cinematic yeah they bring life to every car or bike they ride yeah that's a good point uh, so what is the secret ingredient that you do passion uh that's the fundamental part but um that's a, that's a, that's the thing that even attracted varun and i as well as in, as as fans first and we're still fans of partner we i still look at recently varun came out with his thunderbird video and my freaking god bro what a start dude i can't believe one <laughs> yeah it's 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 that passion i look at these videos still and i go like holy shit these guys are amazing and i go like oh shit i work with them <laughs> he's sitting in front of me right now um that that still happens to us and we're still fans first of powerdrift ourselves um so um with powerdrift the difference is that um it comes down to our founders as well rohan albal is you know a, a crazy engineer who studied in germany for like 16 years uh, amit shetty is is a, is a filmmaker so the way we look at our reviews or our video content is as short films not as reviews so we we get yeah, bashed a lot <laughs> we get bashed a lot for this we also get praised a lot for this equally yeah. uh because for us we believe that um, and this is something that i also firmly believe is that every vehicle or motorcycle has a story to tell because every time you look at a bike or a car you know thousands of people have worked on that product they spent countless hours going over every single detail working on things like costings and all the things that they have to work with to really put their best foot forward in that bracket there's a lot that goes into it and there's a very interesting story there so when we look at vehicles we first look at the story first and then of course we look at the facts facts are always very important but that's what we try to bring out because we're enthusiastic we're passionate so again a great example of that is varun's thunderbird story which i'm going to plug in sure. again which we also have a, a a listing of you know maybe uh, auto journalism if you're something passionate about there are a lot of different av- avenues of auto journalism as well okay. but to just quick, quickly wrap up my story um so yeah i sent in i put all that stuff together i sent in an email um and i waited and i waited for a very long time i waited <laughs> uh, it, uh, it, it took 2 years that's insane so it took 2 years for partners to reply and uh, this is what they told me at the end of 2 years and I, obviously i had literally forgotten about it as well and i was just moving on with my life and figuring out like what to do next and then i just get this one line email from rohan saying 
uh, you know to us two years ago i used to be interested i'm like <laughs> and I, i was like who's this rohan guy <laughs> and i'm like what is this and then and you know rohan is 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 a great chap but mm. he's he's so he's such a scatterbrain so there wasn't yeah. even like a foot uh, uh, like a footer in his email nothing so i didn't know who he who, was who yeah. he was very exciting and from then i had to check like the mail address i'm like powder yeah what do you mean powder yeah and then i had like oh like fish this is rohan albal dude yeah. and then <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> and then uh, they they got me over to pune we had a quick, we had a meeting i met satyan as well uh, he's 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 also the the vp of the company and and a very critical part of the team uh we had a meeting things s- seemed well and then that's how it happened yeah, even yeah. i was super persistent i had to put in like seven eight emails to satya and he should probably get pissed off and stuff like that so so one thing one one crazy incident i got got on a phone call with satya and uh he's like okay what do you do right now blah 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 and then he asks me one question tell me what was launched yesterday and mm. i i took two seconds and i said the fz launched yesterday and he's like okay and i knew that was my ticket because he was looking so he, he was not only looking for an enthusiast but he was also looking for someone who knows the industry very well so another very important part is enthusiast is fine you know your motorcycles you know your cars but you also need to be aware about what's happening in the in the industry be it launches be it developments in terms of technology be it uh, you know even racing for that matter you need to know where what's happening in the world of motor gp even if it's the slightest thing um you you need to know your thing if you don't know that the question who's leading the motor gp championship uh i'm not really sure about that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's marquez marquez leading the championship yeah <laughs> so uh, french gp today yeah french gp today but uh, that that was the thing when he when i answered that i knew i was in but another thing was my resume also got me through because yeah, Satya, because out. the work that i put in in the resume satin was like that's to rot for me and yeah. uh, that's a good thing so when we talk about automotive journalism uh, at least for for me i refuse to call myself a journalist first i'll call myself an enthusiast because uh, whatever i've learned i've learned it from the web what i've i've learned it uh, after talking to people getting their knowledge and stuff yeah. like that i think like one big misconception people have of our jobs is they think that we ride ferraris and aston martins and or we do bikes all day we, we do, do but we do yeah. but it's not as often as you think yes. because and what varun mentioned about the industry so in this um in this market people are looking for information right you can't if you do a lot of stuff about like just exotic machines yeah. uh that appeals to a niche but it doesn't appeal to like a big portion of the industry and you need a lot of eyeballs to survive yeah. as well or thrive in this industry which is why you also have to have knowledge about you know the latest safety norms that the government is implementing absolutely uh, sub 4 meter uh, compact sedans or absolutely. suvs stuff that might as an enthusiast might seem and i put this in air quotes boring but not really um there are very interesting stories there the sub 4 meters are the ones which are booming in the market now and yeah, yeah, they yeah. are the ones which people are eyeing to buy like yeah. the eco sport is there yeah. or the Great new car, nexon yeah. Yeah, yeah. people are loving it. Machine, so, yeah. Nexon yeah. has an incredible uh, audio system. Very cool. The new EcoSport. The uh, they're launching the new one right now with the S variant with the new with the EcoBoost engine. So 
great fun car to drive. Ford has great driving dynamics. Maybe we get them into a bit. But just if I were to quickly interject, also just realize, guys, if 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 you want to pursue a career in auto journalism, remember that there are different kind of auto journalists. Correct. So maybe you're the kind of person. Maybe being in front of a camera might not suit your personality. Uh, but you have a flair for writing. Yes. So you have a place in in a newspaper. Yeah. And and honestly, if if you want to just drive and write, man, they get the exact same amount of things to do as we get to do. Yeah. There's no difference. Um, if you have a uh, if you have a flair for photography, uh, magazines might be the route for you, or even yeah. digital media like websites could be the route for you. So understand that for one thing is that's a great breakdown, by the way. Yeah. So you have print, yeah. you have magazines, yeah. you have website. And then you have videos. Videos, yeah. That, that's broadly and also TV. Broadly. So, so yeah, there TV. is a sort of like a, it's it's an unsaid rule in the industry, but there's sort of like a hierarchy system. Uh, I think we're going to get a little bit of flack for this, but this is generally how it works, is the TV shows are given the top priority. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that is because TV shows have to get reach. their... Reach. And, and there's also Not the reach. Not so much so reach, but yep. more that... Um, they have to get their uh, videos content ready by, content yeah. by the weekend because yeah. you know you have a prime time show on like Sunday at seven o'clock or whatever. Correct. So they have one week worth of content and putting. You know, we take maybe sometimes weeks, maybe yeah. In our case, yeah. I hate to admit, but even months. Yeah. You come up with like a three minute video. Yeah. So for TV, there's a lot of pressure to get your content out on time, on time. for for the prime time show, and you can't mess that up, right? Uh, so usually the TV is like at the top of the rung. Then you have magazines because magazines also have a lot to collate for like a month's worth of issue, like 200 pages of content, which I can't imagine what an astronomical task it is to, you know, to put 200 pages of content and so much that they do. We have friends in the industry who work for, for magazines and yeah. stuff like that. And, and it's insane. So I think mid-month they have this thing called a magazine closure. Yeah, yeah. And they have to get the content ready and up and running. Exactly. I think the 17th or the 18th because that's when the magazine goes for printing. Yeah. So you have to have that ready and it is an insane thing to... Anyway, hats, hats off to the team uh, who, and, who work in magazines. And, and one thing that I still love, I do genuinely love magazines even to this day. I love flipping through the magazine. There's something very, you know, like... Uh, uh, very natural about just flipping through, you know, the pages and stuff like that. Although, you know, I love what I do even as well. Even the photographs on the magazine feel more lively than on the blogs and the... Hey, we also do decent photographs, okay? Yeah. Just, it just, is, but, no, no, but, yeah. but it feels like uh, you're holding them uh, yeah, yeah. in your hand. So, it's more personal. Absolutely, think, absolutely. Of course, your videos are... <laughs> they take it to yeah. a different level, but... Yeah, uh, and also, like, the, the, the industry, you know, the industry that we are in, which is the digital video space, is still a very nascent industry. Um, you know, we are a 42-member organization that exists only on YouTube, uh, which puts us at in some ways an advantage and in a lot of ways a lot of disadvantage as well um because you know you, youtube as a as a platform isn't very gung-ho about automotive it's more of comedy and music and stuff like that entertainment, entertainment. uh which is you know which is that's also had an effect on how we've learned to do our content um but um yeah that's just with us but there are one thing you got to understand guys is there are a lot of different forms of avenues platforms available to you to thrive as an auto, automotive journalist. Absolutely. Some of the most respected journalists in the world uh, only do um, print, only do magazines. They don't do anything else. So just uh, to give you a quick yeah. insight, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry I'm going to sure, interrupt no, you. No, no. But when, when I talk about magazines, I'm just going to give you this thing. I am a big fan of Bike India. And uh, back in the day when YouTube was not that popular, I used to go every month 
and i have to pick up a copy of bike india and i don't know if my parents have still kept it or they have yeah. collect but, them yeah yeah but i had like about i think i had about 30 odd magazines yeah and i did send in a picture also of of me you know very it was a very well shot picture to bike india and it got published yeah and oh, got published wow. yeah and it got published and i think i i still have if not the other magazines and i still have that one magazine and, and yeah and this man this is very interesting cuz i think varun and i come from a time where we we grew up in the 90s yes. where it was sort of like the intersection where internet wasn't a thing and we grew up in a time where we didn't have internet we'd have like we'd still have like windows saturday 98 morning. was a thing dude yeah, we still <laughs> have like saturday morning cartoons yeah, yeah. or like you need know, eat maggie at 6 o'clock yeah, after doing homework yeah. uh but times have changed and that's also had a reflection on the industry and as a result a lot of uh, a lot of things you just have to move on that's just how the industry works yeah. um the next point i'd like to make is so the first first point is Uh, in case you are still listening to us <laughs> running the first point i'd like to make is uh, focus on your avenue so keep in mind that there are different avenues there's print there's tv there's digital there's web there's so much so many avenues that you want to do so first zone in on your avenue and point number 2 i'd say is work on your craft so uh, this photojournalism broadly is an art more than it is a science right um, and you know people will start to like you for you Uh, it's like you know the, the, this is the most cliched example, but you, if you think of people like Jeremy Clarkson or James May or Richard Absolutely. Hammond or Chris Harris, you that like their style. Great example. Exactly. So people like you for your style, and what people might not know is that you know Clarkson, all these guys have been doing this for the last thirty, forty years, guys. They, they're still journalists. They still have their own columns. Clarkson has this great book where it's a compilation of all his columns that he's written. Yeah. Uh, which is really funny. Uh, but uh, so first thing is hone your craft. Yep. and keep and be open to the fact that your craft is going to constantly evolve um you know i've been doing this for about 2 years now and i st- i i still don't think i'm near where i really want to be uh and i'm still learning through every video uh, every day absolutely so yeah it's like you know playing an instrument the knowledge in this industry is limitless i mean yeah. you, it's not just limitless you need to uh you need to you just need to read man you just need to know you need to learn about Because there's something happening in the industry every day. Be it technology, be it a launch, be it something else. There's something happening in the in the industry. And for me, Google's been my best friend. Google's really been my best friend. Well, Varun, Varun's been my best friend. Yeah, it's 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 everything is there on Google. So when people ask me where did you learn, I I don't say it out, but now you will know that uh, Google Google. I just type it out on Google. What is the difference between a two wall engine yeah. and a four wall engine? Just go yeah. on Google. You'll get ten yeah. damn articles on this. Absolutely. That's how you know. Yeah. So the second part is. So, working on your craft sorry uh getting back to the question of getting into automobile journalism so how can one know if he's fit for that there Everybody are people who love who love everybody is fit for it there is there when, when people say i don't know i mean unless you have like potentially and and i don't mean i mean this with the most respect maybe like a severe disability uh, and uh, honestly there are people in our industry that i've seen who have disabilities genuine disabilities like Uh, I'm not going to pull out any names, but people who don't have the best use of their arms or their legs who are still automotive journalists. Yep. So it's still very possible. There are people with different kinds of other problems as well, uh, who are very established automotive journalists. Yeah. So, but uh, a good way to gauge interest for me, I think, is uh, is just going back at the end of the day and not feeling sad about it. Not feeling sad that you have to go to work the second day because the thing is, even we get tired as journalists. Yeah. Oh man, shoots, <laughs> shoots take a toll on our body, yeah. but we still look forward to it because we love it. Because yeah. we have 
been in this for a very long time we look forward to the next day we look forward to riding driving going to a place and shooting yeah. if you don't feel that the industry is not so for you even at par drift as well full disclosure it's very easy to burn out if you don't have your head screwed on straight yep and uh, burnout can it's a, it's a very real thing it can take a toll on you and especially with our jobs it's a high risk job and not just for us as presenters but uh, we have dops cinematographers who hang out at the back of the cars uh, doing tracking shots you know a small mistake could mean that's it it's over uh we that, have, that this might be a good plug in for an insurance company yeah uh, <laughs> uh, no but uh, as a company as well we have uh, we're all insured at the highest level of insurance yeah which are given to people like firefighters and stuff because our jobs qual- qualify yeah. as high risk jobs yeah. um so, so it might look uh, all easy and uh, yeah. who have from the outside it is a difficult so uh, a lot of guys who you know and and this is this is not pointing fingers but a lot of people want to get into this industry thinking this will make them cool uh if that's your approach i will put it in writing that you won't survive for very long there are a lot of people it'll make you it'll make you look cool but yeah. it's going to take a toll it's going to take a toll there are there are people that we've seen who've come in with this up and do, they just they can't, can't handle the stress they can't handle the pressure so it is a very volatile yeah. uh, uh thing to be in but it's yeah. Yeah, and, and just to like even varun as well you know um if i if i may talk about the the yeah. issue you know it was a very small thing uh, you can talk about it i was on a motorcycle and uh I met with an accident. I ended up uh, dislocating my shoulder and uh, I had a I had a fracture on my shoulder bone. So it it was a terrible thing and I still remember that day because uh, the moment it happened I did not realize that it happened and until shock set in and they put me in a car and I was on 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 a bumpy patch of road for about 50 odd kilometers and uh, it just kept on paining. Uh, and I had to get to the hospital. I was bedridden for about 6 months and uh, that's it's, it's it's an occupational hazard but you have to be ready for this it you're on a motorcycle you're in a car things can go wrong anytime anywhere you have to be prepared for that but uh, yeah man all well and good now and i'm back in shape so yeah, yeah. so that's another thing you i think an interesting point to keep in mind is yeah. also keep in mind that guys that this is a high risk job absolutely and that's something that you should be wary of that yeah. your um your bread and butter depends on yep. your ability to yeah. do this and yeah. anything happens yeah. it, it could very well be over and i'm not over dramatizing this this is serious there are people that we we've, we've known in the industry who yeah. unfortunately even lost their lives yeah even my parents for for that matter they were a little skeptical about me rejoining this thing after my accident but yeah i'm a persistent chap <laughs> worked my way through <laughs> but yeah man just to uh uh put all of this in a nutshell um i think like len said it's going to be an avenue that you choose it's either going to be print online uh, or videos stuff like that and then you really need to work on your craft if you want to be a writer if you want to be um someone who wants to be in the camera look in the mirror talk to yourself see where you're going wrong yeah. show this to show that video to 10 people see if they like it ask for feedback, feedback yeah. and uh, you know be yeah, cool i look at it. some of my earlier videos and i cringe bro yeah same so bad. same yeah same yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you editors padrift you guys are so amazing yeah um yeah and and uh, just keep in mind guys that this is an ongoing process because the industry itself is very dynamic it's changing yeah. which means that the nature of what you are reporting or what you're doing or what you're doing is also changing um and and it's true across the board for every industry but more so with our industry as well because we're at a stage where things are really accelerating fast uh so you also have to adapt and if you don't uh, then you just going to be left behind 
Absolutely. So I think if you want to be an automotive journalist or uh, you know want to get into the industry, then I would highly suggest you start reading up a lot of things about the industry, what's going on. Take a look at manufacturers. If you want to be into bikes, cars, or both, motorsports is also something that uh, we really associate. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, spoiler alert for another upcoming episode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, just sit down uh, because the thing is, if you get into this, you're going to do this for a very long time. You're going to have an outlook for at least five yeah, or ten years. Five to ten years. So look at yourself ten years down the line. If you really fit into this, and if you think you're built for this, then give it a shot, man. There's nobody stopping you, and. Uh, yeah, man, the world's yours. And 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 keep in mind, guys, there are guys who've been doing this for thirty years before they get to a place where you know they really uh, out and again in quotes make it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you just need to be clear about. Uh, so just to quickly recap, I guess for this episode, auto journalism one hundred and one with Varun and Glenn. Um, passion, you need to have passion. You need to choose your avenue. Uh, keep working on your craft, improve, and kick ass. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with that we'll call it. An end to episode one. I'm gonna sign off with my signature line. It's I am Varun Painter, and I will see you later. Glenn, and you I, wanna you wanna rhyme something? And I'm Glenn, and you're sitting I, with a pen, and I'm sitting <laughs> with a pen. Yeah, that's about it. See you next at ten. All see right, you then. next at ten. I like that. I'm right. Glenn, sitting with a pen. See you next at ten. All right, guys. Bye bye.